Good day to everyone. Hidden Treasures Revealed. Back on the air today, Saturday, February 24th. My name is Sean, and I'm here with my brother Phil, and we will be back with you in just a moment. Have you ever wondered, is there more to the Word of God than just words on the page? Join us for an in-depth journey into the truth of God by means of open, Socratic conversation. In Proverbs chapter 2, the Word of God says, If you accept my words and store up my commands within you, turning your ear to wisdom and applying your heart to understanding, indeed if you call out for insight and cry aloud for understanding, and if you look for it as for silver and search for it as for hidden treasure, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. Welcome to Hidden Treasures Revealed. Well, Phil, we're back here together again. Tell me how your day is going so far, even though it's early. Uh, got up, fed the dogs, got the coffee ready. Yeah. And that that's the limit to it. Same here, but I fed the dog and the cat and um, coffee as well. Kind of interesting topic to start with, and I actually had this on my mind a few times and asking you about it and solidifying that this is where we're going to start. And actually, just out of curiosity, I'll ask you this. You may or may not know this. You've heard the term rock bottom. Do you know where that originated? Do you have any idea? Uh, I would say off the top of my head, no. Well, I didn't either until one of those where a little after 4 o'clock, 4.30 this morning as I was up early just thinking about this. I was like, well, let me look this up just to see because there's a lot of things that we do in the world or say we have no idea what the origin is and i'll just say what what i've discovered about it just looking at it this morning because it'll go deeper than this it was back in from what i remember the 1800s where it was in regards to some miners that were drilling and when they were drilling they hit bedrock and they referred to it as well we can't go any further because we've hit rock bottom, which makes sense. Okay. Where you're, you're drilling and you hit rock. So that was one aspect. Other aspect was with alcoholics anonymous was an aspect that you hit your rock bottom from a condition that you're in. So I was just looking into that. And what I find interesting about this is you're drilling into the ground and you hit the bedrock and the assumption would be, well, you can't go any further, but you could keep drilling. I mean, you're, you can go further than where you think you could go. And this is a concept that we were given by Yah. We had talked about it in our church gathering about hitting your rock bottom, finding your rock bottom. And from that concept in regards to that, there was a, a term that, 
came to us, which was you could either be creased or crumbled. And actually what was interesting is Ivan found myself this morning looking up, let me look up the word crease and let me look up the word crumble just to see what the definition or the aspects are. And what I find interesting is you can take a concept, a spiritual concept that Yah's bringing in a, there's so many physical things that will help to understand the spiritual. So in my mind, for example, when I see or think about something being creased, you take a piece of paper, fold it, and you make a little line like you make a little crease in it where there's a little indentation in it. Thinking of the term crumple, you take a piece of paper, you ball it up pretty firm. You could do the same thing with aluminum foil. You just take a piece and you kind of ball it up and then throw it away. And from the concept is, another term with this is, the things that we learn in life, do we have to learn them the hard way? Or is there a different way to learn it? Meaning that, do you have to actually absolutely get to a rock bottom to change something? Or can you change something before getting to this huge, massive fall? And that's what this concept is. What we'll start talking about is that you can make a change without going to what you would refer to as your absolute lowest point where you're lying on the floor, lying on the floor, kicking, screaming, don't know what to do, nowhere to go. You can make a change before that. And what's interesting about this is that people would think that you've actually hit your lowest point when you get to what you refer to as a rock bottom moment. But the truth is, is you can always go lower. We don't necessarily have to learn things the hard way. Now, the faith journey and yeah, there are struggles in it. But what's interesting is, is each person's rock bottom is determined by you. For example, when do you look around you and make a decision that what's going on around you is real? Like having a realization of what's going on. Because really that's what it is. If you're, if you think about it with the Alcoholics Anonymous that you hit your rock bottom, you reach a point where you just don't want to deal with it, can't deal with it anymore. And you just hit your point where something's got to change. Well, really, if you think about that, that's when you open your eyes to really see what's real around you because you could be, something could be brought to your attention and you could say, wow, I didn't realize that. I'm not doing that. I'm going to change something. Well, you could look at that as a crease. Well, I didn't see that. You know what? I'm not doing that again. Or you could have something brought to your attention and you make excuses. Nah, I don't, I'll deal with that later or, or I'm okay. Um, I don't, that's not me. And you start putting it off and putting it off. And it's not, you're not coming to any kind of realization that you really want to change anything. And you let it go. And then one day something happens where, oh my gosh, I didn't realize I did this. And there's a big 
kind of crumpled moment where you're on the floor and everything's just going wrong. And how did I get to this point? Well, you got to this point because you were making excuses and putting it off and not really looking around you to see what's going on and really evaluating. Because I know for me, I've had experience with this. I've had moments where I've been creased and had moments where I was on the floor crying out to Yah and then thinking about how did I get to this point? Well, you get to that point by even came to mind with the scripture that you suppress the truth. Okay. Instead of being real with this, Hey, let's look at this from a reality perspective. What's going on here. We put ourselves in a situation where we fall. And it's interesting because I had actually had a concept uh, that came to mind a few times in regards to if you're thinking about something or something is brought to your attention to change and make a pivot that you've heard this term where somebody will be in, in a higher position and they, wow, look at this big fall that they had. If I'm standing on the ground, I can still fall. Like I can stumble and fall, but the higher I go up from the ground, the harder the fall is going to be. So it made me think of if something comes to mind and you have an opportunity to, to change something and you keep suppressing it and putting it off and no, that's not me or I'm, I'll deal with it later. It's like you take that situation and, and the, the visual that came to me was, as you put it, almost like you could, let's say, a book or a phone book under yourself. And you just keep raising yourself up and raising yourself up until that point where all of a sudden everything comes crashing down because you've put this off and you just brought stuff up uh, under yourself to bring you up to a high point instead of stopping and saying, wait a minute, let me evaluate this. And this is for people that are with this podcast, people that are seeking true faith in Yah, really want to know the truth is who we're talking to, that you don't have to get to a point where everything just is disaster. You can, through evaluation, looking at the truth of God, crying out to you for help that you can get to a point where you don't have to have everything just fall apart because if something is brought to your attention and you evaluate it, you can make a change on it and save yourself. Not that you won't have pain in it, but you can save yourself a lot of pain and struggle. That's maybe you wouldn't have to experience, but sometimes because of our pride that we get hard headed that, We've got to go to the point where we're, we're crumpled to really, okay, now I really see what I've been doing and I have a decision now that I'm going to make a change in something because I'll just put it back to each person's rock bottom is going to be different. That really it's for each person to really look around and open your eyes to see the position that you're in and people can tell you that you need to change things or you need to do different things, but it really just comes down to each person and the decisions that they make in regards to this. So Phil, I'll let you give some, any thoughts that you have, but this is, we had talked about this in the gathering 
quite a few times and it's just a really important concept and just something that can help people to understand aspects of faith with this just being a, um, a physical concept. When you speak about the aspect of rock bottom, that it really doesn't have anything to do with your physical body, but your mental condition. And like you were saying, rock bottom is not a specific place where, well, everybody's got to go to that same place. No, you're in your mind, you determine what your rock bottom is. And like we talked about, we talked about creased or crumpled before we talked about rock bottom uh, and tying them together in the gathering. And it's the same concept. You can, when you feel the pain of something at first, you can, I don't want that. Or you can push through that pain and keep pushing through until you hit that solid place where you decide you're going to make a change. Hitting rock bottom is nothing. You have to break when you hit rock bottom. There, there has to be a break. And when you break, then you, you have the opportunity to either stay broken or to start healing. And so it's, it's really important that people understand that you don't have to go as low, but what you need to do is be evaluating and thinking about what is right, what is fair, what is just, what is the, the right thing to do so that when I start digging something, I'm digging for a purpose of not me falling into that hole, but me filling that hole with something to build something different so that like you build a, you uh, build a, a deck on a house or you, you build something, you dig down, you put concrete. Now you have a foundation and you're using that rock to build on you. it's not there to stop you from going any farther down. What the issue is, is that we make determinations in our mind of whether I think whatever I get from this thing that I'm doing is beneficial, more beneficial for me to do this thing than to be falling down in that hole. And it is psychological because there's some reason that you're doing it. There's humans don't do anything without reason. That's why Yah in the Bible made a separation. We're not like unreasoning animals uh, that we reason. And people say, well, why'd you do that? Well, I don't know. Well, yeah, you didn't reason in your conscious mind, but in your subconscious mind, you had a reason why you did it. And if you dig in and you look for it, you're going to find it. And it's just as simple as people who decide they want to smoke. Okay. 
you you don't just randomly say you just don't just randomly oh smoke and smoke no there's something in you that makes the determination that i want to try this it could be i uh, you think it's cool that used to be i don't know about nowadays and maybe it is and it just changes from the actual cigarettes to the vaping but uh back in the day it was it's cool you know you somebody puffs on that cigarette and they blow it out and man that just looks so cool and but you have an opportunity the first time you inhale on a cigarette and i know this from experience that your your lungs are going to reject it and you're going to haul cough and hack and and for me that was like i'm done so with the cigarettes i hit rock bottom at the very top i i hit that rock that made a break and then i no i don't want that it's not worth it to me but i didn't do that with chewing tobacco with chewing tobacco, I first time I did it, I was probably about ten or eleven. Me and a friend of mine were, I, uh, uh, we played football, and he he offered it to me, and I got I got sick, I <laughs> uh, from doing that, I uh, and didn't do it for a while because it wasn't that accessible to if you didn't know somebody that chewed you you know you're not going to just go to the store and buy it and so uh when i got older i started doing it again and when you start you you get a little dizzy you get a little lightheaded because of the nicotine and the calf i mean yeah no, the nicotine uh involved in that and but you just push through it, and then after a while, you don't feel those things, and you convince yourself that it's calming. Uh, people will convince themselves that they smoke because it, it calms them down. I got to have a cigarette. Uh, just things are going crazy. I got to have a cigarette because uh, uh, let me have my cigarette, my coffee, and then I'll be fine. And really nicotine and caffeine do the opposite of that you think in your mind that it's calming you but in reality it's just hyping up your physical body on those things and then those are addictive things just sugar is addictive the object is determination of whether what I'm doing is beneficial or not. And this is why it's huge to have faith because God guides us through the word how we can deal with rock bottom and creased and crumpled. So having faith in them is really what gives us the ability to overcome something because there's a lot of people who quote-unquote, overcome things, and they live for a long time without that thing having an effect on them. But eventually, a lot of times, it comes back. 
because you've been so ingrained into why you're doing it, that you have a reason why you're doing it. Uh, I would say in my day, people smoked because they thought it was cool. It's, it's not something that you do the first time and you're like, oh yeah, man, this feels good in my body. No. And it's the same thing with chewing tobacco or, uh, you know, even alcohol, you convince yourself that that feeling you have when you're drunk is a good feeling. Well, why? Because the reason is you're doing it because you're trying to escape something. It's a medication, no matter what it is. And it can be, it doesn't have to be uh, alcohol or tobacco or drugs. It can be sugar. It can be, uh, it can be OCD because you're holding on to things that you don't want to uh, let go of. And so you get addicted to God, everything's got to be perfect and in its place. And if it's not, then what, then what it, you have a reason because maybe you grew up and, uh, your parents were really strict and you're trying to, you make sure everything is absolutely clean and good because you don't want to be rebuked or get in trouble for what you're doing. And it's interesting because all of us have some level and some place of OCD within us. And it causes you to go to extremes within that, but you're doing it for a reason. You know, people are depressed and get on medication for a reason because I don't like this, but I don't want to do what's necessary to get past this because life is a struggle and it's hard. And even if you're, you think you're escaping it, you're not. And see, that's what happens is people will, okay, you, you drink a few drinks and it makes you feel good. And it made you forget your, your past for a few days or a few moments. And then you decide, well, I'm, I'm going to do that again. And you, there's a difference between drinking and getting drunk. And so why do you get drunk? Because you're trying to get that numb space where you don't have to feel. Well, the problem is, is that whether you're in faith or not, it doesn't matter. Struggle and suffering does not discriminate. Suffering and struggle is there for everybody. And it's interesting because I had this thought earlier that you suffer and struggle in this life to lead you to someone who can take care of that suffering and struggle for you. And people don't realize it. They're looking for God when they get into the drugs and the alcohol and the things that that they're doing to try to forget. They're really looking for God because God's the only one that can take that pain away. That when you have God as your true father, then you, uh, you will be able to let go of the father that you have on earth that mistreated you. It didn't do things the way that, that, uh, 
would have made you feel good. And same thing with your mother and your brothers, if you have uh, siblings. It's people don't realize that in their the depth of the things that they get into. I mean, it, it could be an obsession. Any obsession you get into, you have a reason. And more than likely, it has to do with trying to hide or run or get away from some pain in your life. You have an obsession with losing weight because somebody put you down and you didn't like it. And so you spend your whole life trying to lose weight instead of trying to figure out, no, let me evaluate my mental health with God and let God take care of that. But the God that people have, and they don't realize it, is the alcohol, it's the drugs, it's the tobacco, it's the uh, the sugar, the, the weight loss, the weight gain, the, everything that they have. They're looking for someone to save them. And because they're not looking in the right direction, then they work towards things that just make them forget or make them try to make them feel good. And that's that's a, a, a huge piece that people don't understand that with faith in God is when you can really start to get away from those things and really because you'll see somebody they'll 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 be drinking alcohol and they're, they're an alcoholic they they uh, use it for the wrong reason uh, I wouldn't say there's really a great right reason but um, you use it for that reason, but you use it to escape something. And God is the only true escape from anything. And somebody will, I've seen this many times where somebody, they, well, they're, they're alcoholic and they accept Jesus as Lord and Savior and they go and they stop drinking. But they stop drinking because, well, I'm not supposed to drink when I'm when I have this faith, so I'm not going to do it. But inevitably, because they didn't want to quit, they did it out of obligation. They end up back doing it again because you can't control those things because you have to have self control. Now there are things in the world that you will be able to control to a degree because God's going to show you that. You did it with physical things. You could have done it with spiritual things, but it's too comfortable. Everybody wants to avoid the suffering and the struggle. And here's the thing. Suffering and the struggle is there to, to lead you to God, the one who can take away that suffering and pain. But here's what's interesting. When you find true faith in God, the suffering and the struggle doesn't go away. But the benefit changes because you use that suffering and struggle to find God. Now we use the suffering and struggle to trust God because that's the proof of our faith is when it's easy when things are going great and, and you're exalting God or you're, you're doing it with your mouth. But as soon as something goes bad, really? How's that fair? I don't un Well, you're not exalting God anymore because of that suffering and that pain. And folks, let me tell you, 
whether it's physical, spiritual, emotional, this world is full of suffering and struggle. And it's up to you. You you have an option to either to use let that struggle and suffering lead you to God, where then in the suffering and the struggle you trust God. And when you trust God, it's easier to go through the suffering and the struggle because it has purpose. See, each step that I've spoken about has purpose for dealing with the suffering and the struggle. And I don't care who you are and how you try to hide whatever it is that you suffer and struggle with. Even if you can fool people, you can't fool yourself and you can't fool God. And God knows that there's suffering and struggle. And we're told by Messiah, if they crucified me, they'll crucify you. If they persecuted me, they'll persecute you. And they did. So that should be something that we should expect that the suffering and struggle are going to come. But when it comes, we have a peace about it because God's in control. Does it feel good in this present life? No. But what Paul says that we we will, uh, when we get into the kingdom, all this stuff that we experience here would be like, well, I was just a splinter. And that would be the worst thing that you ever went through on the face of the earth. You will be able to correlate it to something like a splinter because we will not be able to compare what we went through here to the splendor and glory and uh, ecstasy that we will have when we walk in to the kingdom. It won't, see, we weigh in our mind now, prior to faith, is it worth it? After faith, it's definitely worth it. Yes, you're going to feel things. Yes, it's not going to be a happy place. I'm not talking about the suffering and struggle always becomes a happy place. The happy place in it comes after the suffering and the struggle, where uh, the disciples were beaten for the name of Messiah, and they weren't rejoicing in the middle of it. But when it was done, they rejoiced because they had been counted worthy to be beaten on the count of Messiah. And that's the difference in it. Instead of the wallowing in the oh, woe is me and uh, why is this happening to me, we need to recognize that things are going to happen to you in this life and things have and your mind You don't want to face those struggles and suffering, and therefore you come up with all kinds of stories and ideas and and plays and acts that you put on with other people in order that they can't see your pain because they're doing the same thing, and you think that they don't have any pain, but you do, so you're the only one, and everybody is those uh, shiny plastic people under shiny plastic steeples or shiny plastic people under shiny plastic world where everybody's trying to put on 
a look or a persona that you'll think I'm, that I'm okay. But the reality is, is that you know, and that's what matters. You know you're not okay. Stop trying to fool everybody else and recognize what the reality for you is and what's necessary for you in order that you are able to advance and grow in the faith. And then instead of you have to be laying on the ground, rolling around in pain uh, in your your uh, in your mind that, oh, wow, that's not beneficial. I'm not doing that anymore. You let the fact that you recognize that something's not being beneficial as being your rock. You hit that rock. Nope, that's not beneficial. That's not beneficial to me. It's not beneficial to the faith I have. I'm not doing that anymore. It doesn't have to be where you do it and you do it and you do it and you do it until you smack right onto that that hard ground. And then, because there are people who fall down like that and they slap that hard ground and they just keep going deeper because it was true what you said. No matter no matter how deep you go, you can go deeper. It's, it's the fact that if you turned around, you turned around because you decided that you were broke and you were going to fix it. So you hit that, that rock, you recognized you were broke, and then you started to climb up. This is another thing because direction makes a difference. When you hit rock bottom, a lot of people will get up off of that bottom about two or three feet and then start digging sideways. Yeah, see, I'm not rock bottom anymore and I'm I'm doing good and but rock bottom is only three feet under you. So the object is not to dig in a different direction. When you hit that point where you break and you make that decision, it's climb right back up out of that hole. But all the pain that you that that you passed as you dug and you went down in that hole, you're going to have to reverse and visit that pain again as you come out of that hole. And that's why it's not instantaneous. Oh, I'm 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 safe and you're you're instantaneously jerked out of the hole and you're at the top of it. No, no. No, no. You got a mountain you got to climb. And depending on how tall that mountain is, will depend on how far you dug down. I uh, how far you went to get that rock bottom. Cuz a lot of times people are looking for that hard place. Well, what if that hard place is is 5 miles down and you just keep digging and digging, you hit some bigger boulders or bigger rocks and you finally get those loose and get them out of the way. And then you're in loose dirt again and you're, Oh yeah, this is, this is all right. And I'm, but you're still moving towards that rock bottom. And this is where all things are beneficial. For, I mean, all things are permissible for me, but not all things are beneficial. If I use that, that will keep me from getting to that real low, hard smack on the rock to wake me up. And God says, open your eyes. You're opening your eyes is the moment you recognize that this is not beneficial. 
I am not doing this. And many people have done that from a worldly perspective. They're doing something in their life. They get to a certain age. They recognize that, well, that was foolish because I was younger and I'm at this age. You know what? That's not beneficial to my life and my job. And so I'm not doing that. Okay. Well, you hit your rock bottom without even realizing you hit a rock because it brought a break and that break brought a change. And it doesn't have to be if I'm digging for a foundation and I hit a substantial rock, I can start trying to move that rock or I can say, you know what, I'm going to move locations and get, get a different area where I, I don't have to dig through the rock. Okay. I hit that foundation, that, that bottom rock bottom, but there's some foundations and we're sitting in a house that's on one of those that hit the rock on the surface and you know the back of my basement is uh it's about 10 10 foot in the ground oh it's about 10 foot of rock that we had to chip out and that's not a cheap thing uh because we live in an area where there's a lot of rock veins that run through i you can still keep digging and we didn't get the rock completely out we got down to where we needed to, and then we were able to put the foundation in and uh, build on it. But we could have stopped it. Now, you know what? This ground is too its too hard. And I'm not saying we our house is not a benefit. It is. It's, it's a good thing. Just using the fact of you can hit rock at the surface, and you'll hit rock or rocks as you get down to the bottom you have to determine whether it's appropriate or not. And the aspect that God brings out is, is this beneficial? And whenever you realize that something is not beneficial, you break. Now, if I hit some rocks along the way, which would be the suffering and the struggle, no, this faith in God is beneficial, and it's the best thing for me. I'm moving these rocks out of the way. I'm getting. I'm going to dig them out. I'm going to set them aside because I'm not going to hit a rock bottom with God. Because if I do, then I commit the unforgivable sin and turn from God, fall away, and there it is. So I don't. I'm not looking to hit a rock bottom. Well, the interesting thing is, is that the rocks that I'm moving with God are different than the rocks that I'm moving with myself. Because without God, you're digging a hole and you're hitting rocks and you're moving them. And then you hit another rock and you move it and you keep digging that hole where with God, you're still going to encounter rocks, but you're not digging a hole. You're climbing a mountain and you get to a rock and all right, well, how am I going to, oh, well, that rock's big enough. I can, I can roll it out of the way and walk past it. Okay, well, this rock's big. I can't move it. I'm going to climb over it. So you're, you're moving rocks either way you go, but which one is beneficial and which one is not? And obviously the one following God and climbing that mountain is beneficial because when you're digging down, you have to lift those rocks up and out of the hole. 
when you're climbing up, you can push it off the side and roll it down the mountain. No, I don't recommend it. We recommend that if you're mountain climbing, you know, like hiking trails and stuff, because there are other people that are behind you. So even for us, when we push a rock out of the way as we're climbing that mountain, let's be careful which direction we push it and make sure that that rock, that struggle that I went through doesn't destroy somebody 10 feet behind me or somebody at the bottom of the mountain because everybody climbing that mountain is just as important as the other. And so that's the really the, the a big difference. And when you recognize that something is not beneficial and you make a, a decision that you're not going to do that anymore, you've hit rock bottom and it doesn't have to be where you're wallowing in it. It can be just a, a softer, wow, I didn't realize I was doing that. I'm not doing that anymore. Boom, done. You hit rock bottom without having to have the excess pain of hitting it at a much, uh, a much faster speed and velocity. I just got some. I was just pause for a moment. The when you had mentioned climbing back out, it just came to mind that something that I struggle with having a struggle that I didn't correlate it until that y'all gave that visual of you're going to, when you climb back out, you revisit things come up because you're coming back. But when you started up here, the pain wasn't as it's not as deep as it is here. And as you go back, you, you revisit things cause you're going back out. I never, never correlated that. Like, as you like, like, um, like we talk about the thorn in the flesh, some that you're going to struggle with, you may have something that you struggle with. It made me think of like, why does it never go away and keep coming back? Cause it made me think you're climbing up out of it to where you're going to see it, but it's not what it was way down here. It's, it gets better because at the beginning it wasn't like it was way down here. I never, never saw that, never thought about it from that perspective. Yeah. And it, it's, you, yeah, you, you have to revisit that pain uh, and you have to be willing to revisit that pain. Uh, and that's why when we, we talk about things like this, we talk about that there's a process of removal mm -hmm. of things. That's why when you've been doing something for so long, you have to face the pain. And just uh, I'll turn back to you. In a, yeah. But the the you have to face the pain of your past in order for you to climb back out of whatever hole you're in, depression, alcoholism, drugs, uh, weight. It, it doesn't matter what it is. The only way that you can get out of it is you have to go back past all the pain that was brought to you as a young child, as a uh, teenager, as a young adult, as a as a uh, older adult, you have to face that pain, which is why we talk about shaking the subconscious and rending the past. So th that is a reality that you have to face the pain that puts you in that position or that you chose to be in that position in the first place. And then you have to deal with that pain in a recognition that, you know what, y'all's not like this. 
God's not going to uh, treat me wrong. So if if I'm feeling pain, it's for my better. And so I'm just going to use it to uh, climb past the pain that I had before. But you must face the pain of your past and your childhood, which means you're going to have to dig it out of your mind, which has so nicely uh, surrounded it with all kinds of things to get you to forget or to get you to feel better. And the only escape is through the tunnel that you went down in. You got to go back through and you have to face those pains because a lot of people are digging that hole because of what they went through and they don't want to see that pain again. And so I've got to go deeper instead of, no, I'm going to revisit this pain so I can deal with it and get past it and move on to the next one. And then that that's the journey of climbing out of that hole. You can't get any more real than Yah. And, and I'll explain. Because we there's a difference between reality and fantasy. We watch a movie which is a fantasy which isn't real. It would be real if you were the person there, but even the people there are acting. So to them it's 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 fantasy. So Yah is absolutely real. What people are looking for, and just saying, I won't even put it to people, but what I'm looking for is you want, you want to have that comfort and everything going well. Well, that's, Yah says, I'm the God of all comfort, but it doesn't mean that Yah just lays comfort on you like a blanket, but they're the God of all support, meaning like what you're looking for, the acceptance you're looking for, the comfort you're looking for, the peace you're looking for is in God. There is no other... Like even if you try to fly out of earth and get into space and escape, but who's the one that's controlling everything? It's Yah. You can't get past them. Like it isn't like you get past Yah and you go through them and then, all right, I'm now I'm on the other side that, no, they're the first and the last. Like they're the beginning and the end. So you're going to have to face them anyway. So it's better to find them by faith where it's a benefit instead of when you when you find them by sight and it's get away from me i never knew you because i had this thought this morning and there's a deeper aspect of this that we're we're not going to get into but hell was referred to as the bottomless pit you can't hit rock bottom it just keeps getting worse and worse and worse. And it, maybe I'll get to the bottom. No, it, it's just, you're just going to keep. And I had this thought with that, that like when you hit the rock bottom, okay, now I can make a change, but I had a, but just from, and again, there's more to it. We won't get into, but there's a reason that it's called that. But another reason is, is because you're, how do you get to the, your rock bottom. I was just like, wow, because that like, at least if you, all right, I, all right, I see what it is. Now I can start changing and climb back out, but no, uh, you're, it's just going to be a continual burning depression. You, you just, you cannot get away from it. And I was just thinking too, about the creation of Yah that with their creation, that they make their invisible qualities made known. And when we hit the aspect of rock bottom, when you open your eyes, what do you do with it? 
and I thought of the concept of gravity. What is the concept of gravity? The concept of gravity is to hold everything in place. But think about it. If you try to go up, gravity pushes you back down. So I had this thought this morning that with the concept of gravity, it's to show us humility that get to the low position so that Yah can lift you up. Like you hit the rock bottom. Like you said, I agree. When you get to rock bottom, it doesn't matter unless you break, you break. And in humility, Yah will give you the opportunity to come out. But if you're in pride, then you're just going to keep being and thinking you're in that high position. So Yah's even teaching us with their creation that it's just take it's showing you to where it's not, it is to show you that it's to get you humble. It's to get you, it, God is in control. It's to get you to lower because think about it with humility, that humility is you having the mindset that you are putting yourself lower. It's not that, well, I'm nothing. No, I'm, I'm willing to put myself below others. And when I do that, then I can then be humble before God because I'm willing to put other people above me that I'm not going to look at myself as more important than other people. I'm going to look at other people as more important than me. So I'm willing to put myself in the low position. Well, that's what's pleasing to Yah because Yah says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, meaning that I'm not putting you in that position, you choose to be there. Because when you humble yourself, then I will lift you up. And it just made me think of like you hit the rock bottom and you humble yourself before God, then you have the opportunity to be, to come out. And yeah, you're going to revisit the struggles, but you have an opportunity to come out of it by the hand of God. But like even in the creation, it's just, I just thought about that, that gravity is there to keep everything in its proper place, which our proper place should be humility not pride because what comes before a fall, not humility. Pride comes before the fall because the, the pride you, you build yourself up and it's just like you build yourself up and up and up and up. And then there's a big fall to where you're, you're not all that. We've said this before. You're not all that in a bag of chips because I had, I'll share something that uh, was revealed to me while driving yesterday. And I find it interesting that I'll get thoughts like this when I'm driving or in the bathroom, something like that. And it came to mind with that, that that's a lot of times when you're the most relaxed is why things will come to you. Well, I had something revealed to me in regards to entitlement and something that I've been doing that I didn't even realize went all the way back when I was in high school. And y'all took me back to the guidance counselor's office when I was sitting in their office going over test scores. And I was just thinking about this, like, why, why is this coming to mind? Well, in that moment, she was giving me my test scores and it was a low score. And I can't remember exactly what happened, but I said, you know, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to change it. And she says, and I just remember just sitting in there. She says, what do you mean you don't know what to do? And I took it as, what do you mean you don't know what to do? As opposed to she could have meant, you know, what do you mean by saying you don't know what to do? Well, I took it personal and revealed to me that I'm never going to let somebody 
make me feel like this again, that I don't know what I'm doing. So when somebody comes to me and has questions about something they don't know, I start to get frustrated with them. And it came to mind that, do you see that you're in, you're putting them in that position where you're going to feel this pain that I felt and I'm not going to feel this. So you're going to feel it and not even seeing that aspect of thinking that I'm better than other people. And I'm not better than other people that there's going to be times where somebody doesn't know something because there's times when I don't know something. And how do you want to be treated in that? Would you want to be told, what do you mean? You don't know what to do that. Yeah, I felt like that. And you're going to feel the pain of it. And you're not going to put that pain back on me. I was like, wow, I even that far back. I didn't even see that. And that breeds entitlement of, well, I'm, I'm entitled to, um, feel better because I was put in this position to feel like I didn't know what I was doing and, and you're going to feel it now. And it's like, no, that's not, no. And bringing this out just to say that with God's help, that they can show you things in your lower conscience, things that you're doing that you can have a break and change and things that you could be doing since you were a little kid or even further back that you don't even see why you're doing things. Like you just think, well, that that's just the way it is. No, there's a reason. And I remember just having those experiences of just making me feel like I was stupid. And well, now you're going to feel what it's like because I'm not going to be in that position again. It's like, is that even worth it? You know, to where it just made me think of this concept of getting that to, to that position that we have the opportunity to humble ourselves to where we can be lifted up out. But we don't want to be in a position where we're humbled by God. Humble yourself, and that's why he says, humble yourself and pray and seek my face and turn from your wicked ways. Then I will heal your land. So realizing who we are before God, that what do we really deserve? Because I thought about this yesterday, like, what do you, you deserve hell is what you deserve. So humble yourself and realize what you deserve, that I deserve hell, but by the grace of God, by finding faith, if I persevere and endure to the end, I won't have to experience that, even though that's what I deserve. So this this just goes a lot deeper that you can either take the struggling and suffering and have it be looked at as the crumpled position to where it's not a benefit for you, or you can look at it as a creased position where yeah, I'm still struggling and suffering, but it's a benefit for me. Yeah, because think about it. You take an envelope or a paper and you crease it and you put it in an envelope and you can mail it to where you have to bend it. You have to shape it, but I'm not taking it and balling it up and throwing it away to where in faith in Yah now, as long as we don't turn from it, we're not balled up and thrown away. We're used for a godly manner. And it's just, it's so true. It's, it's, we, and I've done this too, you do everything you can to escape reality. And reality is what you need to, to face in order to change anything. Because the rock bottom is, for example, people will go out and have like a mass shooting. And they'll just shoot all these people. And what happens when it's over? And they then come to reality of what they've done. A lot of people take their own life because it wasn't real until that point. It was a, it was lower conscience driving it until in their conscious mind, 
oh my gosh, what have I done? Now my life is over. I'm going to prison. I don't want to deal with the pain. So I'm thinking I'm escaping the pain by ending my life. But what they don't realize is if you do that without faith in God, then you just continue that pain even worse to the other side and then ultimately into the abyss where it continues forever. So the deception is that the pain will end when no one, the, the pain is just beginning because you still have all of that. You, you die with the sin nature and, and you deal and you're going to be in torment. And then you're ultimately going to be, have the ultimate pain by being driven from the presence of God for eternity. So this, this, this concept is important, especially those seeking faith, because really evaluate that you can hit your rock bottom and you don't have to waller in things for years and years. Well, have you ever thought about this? Okay, just yes. thought comes to mind as you're talking. Okay, we're talking about hitting rock bottom. Okay. You ever thought about hitting rock top? Let's see, we don't reverse the, but but it's a reality. Because somebody who hits that rock bottom, they end up, they when they make a, uh, break a decision in a brokenness, they start climbing up to where they, once they overcome that thing, they're on top of the rock. So putting it, taking it to a little bit different perspective of the being, you know, digging down until you hit a rock. How about there's a rock that's, that's called this life that's setting on top of you and the objective you're at rock bottom. No matter what you do until you decide, no, I'm going to be on rock top because that rock is Messiah and you're either on one side or the other and on the bottom side, you'll be crushed. You, you, so don't stay there because you're going to be crushed being on the bottom side. You get to the top side. If you fall and you hit that rock, you may be broken, but you're not going to be crushed. And scripture talks about that uh, concept uh, about the rock that, that falls on them. The one that stumbles on it will get broken, but the one that the rock falls on will be crushed. And so just looking at it from there is a reverse perspective that when you're not in Messiah, you, you the object is to be in Messiah. So you have to get from... The, the bottom of the rock to the top of the rock. Then you have to find that door, the entrance into the rock. Now you become a part of the rock, and that's why things in this world don't affect you. They, they just bounce off because, well, I, I'm not in the world. I mean, I'm in the world, but I'm not of the world. And so I just, these things hit me and they bounce off, kind of like we talked about before with water. You just flow in the midst of it. And what's interesting is that no matter where you are, the struggles and the suffering that you go through are character building. They're either building good character or bad character. So even if somebody is crumpled, and, you know, a lot of times people will get crumpled and they'll just be, wallowing in that crumpled state 
Well, that shows you that you have bad character and you're just going to remain there. But the one who decides to take up that crumpled piece of paper and start to smooth it out. Yes, you can tell that it's been crumpled. But wait a minute. It's not in a ball anymore. I've opened it up and now I'm going to start smoothing it out. And that's our faith in journey. Uh, Our journey in faith is that we start as that crumpled ball. And then as we walk in faith in God, we start to open it up and we start to get it to where, okay, now I got the page. I can see that it's a full piece of paper, but it's got a whole bunch of wrinkles and and, uh, crumples in it. And that's the stuff that we have in our life that we all have so much stuff that we need to fix. So we just start smoothing out the paper. And even when you get that paper nice and smooth, where it lies flat, you're still going to see the evidence of the creases and the evidence of the crumpling you will never be able to get that piece of paper right back to a perfect piece of paper that looked like it until the day we enter into the kingdom. Then we become that that perfect blank slate again because we're building good character by making the corrections. And, okay, so if you fold that paper in half, you open it back up and you work that, that one crease and yeah, you're still going to know it was creased because there's a, there's a place there, but you can still, it doesn't have to stay folded that you open it up. And as much as you straighten it out, there's still going to be evidence of that, which is our life here in the body of flesh. But we're in faith. What we're doing is we're smoothing out the body of flesh. We're not staying crumpled in it. Well, we all sin. And so I just continue to sin. And well, I continue to crumple and crumple and crumple and crumple instead of, no, I don't sin anymore. So now this piece of paper, this body that's been full of all this garbage and is full of this sin, I'm going to start opening it back up. And each crease represents a sin in each, each uh, area. But I'm not living in sin, I'm smoothing it out. I'm living in righteousness for God. And that's what gives me the ability to, to walk it out. You know, with that, you, with scripture, that's the preparation of the wedding garments because you're taking the garment and you're getting every little wrinkle and you're, you're looking to make the dress just so, and people listening, you can't see this before you can say this piece of paper, uh, just had this visual come to mind. Right? So I've got just a piece of notebook paper that I've just folded equally in half. All right. So you, we have this crease in here now and it goes just into what Yah said. So I open it up. What do I need to do to get the crease out? Just like going in the hole, I've got to revisit that pain because I've got to come back out to push this back up in order to get it. But see, it's, it's still creased. And I thought about this, that under the law, that it's like you're, you're, you're under that to where, if you stay under the law, then you're, you're crushed. And then you're not to remain there because you start coming up to where, like you said, that well, y'all brought out beautifully that 
you put the door in the rock and then you get inside the rock to where when you're a part of the rock, you're not going to crush yourself. But that's the thing is that that's why the weight is because under the law, you're just, that weight is just pushing you down. And like with this paper that I could take it. And if I, and actually, I don't know if they need this, so I'll leave it. But if you were to crumple it up, that think about it, that with sin, you're all crumpled up. And it's just like, well, I've done these things since my youth. Yeah, but you're a crumpled heap that there's, but one thing you lack, sell everything and follow me to where by faith in me, you can start straightening it out. But you think there's something you can do to change, like take a piece of aluminum foil and just crumble it just a, a, a hair and get it back to the original smooth. That That's the thing with y'all, like they're that perfected, you pull out that aluminum foil nice and smooth, but you take it and just crumple one little bit. You can't get all the the wrinkles out, maybe unless you took an iron and heated it and did it like that. But just think about aluminum foil that you, you crumple that thing. You're not going to get it back exactly to the way it was. And that's the thing with faith that you need Yah's help to where you keep working and working. And then once you get the perfected body, then nice and smooth. So it's like one of those, like, what do you deserve? Well, you don't deserve heaven because are you this nice sheet of paper that's pure? And no, you need help to be able to get to that state. So in Messiah, coming out of him, then it can be the nice, uh, shiny piece of aluminum foil that's not creased or crumbled. I'm actually seeing more on this that from the actual aspect of the creased and crumpled, like being on the floor versus not to where... You've got to, before faith, you're that crumpled heap anyway. And with faith in God, you can start unraveling it and getting it smoothed out to where you got to realize that everybody, and that's the thing, do you look around in the world when you get frustrated and aggravated at people that do you look at everybody as a big crumpled ball of aluminum foil and think that you're the nice, smooth one that has no issues or, well, everybody around me that's not faith in God is that crumpled heap. So how am I better than any of these other people that are walking around that don't understand and don't know to where be careful what you think you are and where you are to where are you better than the son of God thinking that you're better than somebody else? And no, of course not. Well then stop thinking that you're better than somebody else because how could you put yourself as being above Messiah? Certainly you wouldn't do that. Well then don't put yourself above somebody else thinking that you're you're a better person. Now you are better off in faith than the other person, but you're not better than the other person. That's a way to really get yourself in trouble to where you be careful to humble yourself because you can get yourself in a lot of trouble thinking that you're better than other people. Yeah. And it's interesting because if you take two pieces of aluminum foil and you ball them up, and you leave one in a ball and you straighten the other one back out. They're still aluminum foil. They were still both crumpled. They, the only difference is one has been opened back up and smoothed out so it can be used again for the, the like covering something. So our objective goal should not be to think that we're better than somebody else because the open piece of aluminum foil is not better than the, the 
the balled up piece because the balled up piece can be straightened out too. But if the balled up piece isn't straightened out, there's still aluminum foil and there's still the possibility. There's still the capability of them having what we have, but, but you have to decide you're going to straighten out your, um, your foil or your paper. And it's interesting because even Messiah, when he was here, he was not that perfect piece of paper. He was creased. He wasn't crumpled. He was creased. How was he creased? By being born in a body of flesh. He, he had the body of flesh, therefore he was considered a sinner even though he committed no sin. Uh, so he had that crease, but his whole life was spent working that crease out, flattening that paper and getting it back to where when he was once perfected, when he entered into the kingdom, that's when he became that, that uh, perfect piece of paper that has no crease, has no, no, uh, no nails in the hands, no nails in the feet, that don't be looking for that because that's not what he is. He's that beautiful piece of paper that can't be uh, broken. And it's interesting because, like, some people think that they've entered into a rock, and they have in essence, but they've entered into a softer rock that when it strikes something else, that rock will break apart, and referring to not just Christianity, but uh, having some realizations that, uh, you know, we have a lot of denominations. I think uh, the, the calculation is about 45,000 different den denominations in the world of Christianity, but there's a ton of different uh, sects of Judaism and uh, Hinduism and uh, Islam, and none of them have a unified uh, religion. None of them do, just like Christianity. So what do we have to do? Well, we have to find that the unity in Messiah. And here's the beauty part. What my Messiah was teaching when he was here is the same thing that we're living now in our gathering, that we are living the intended unified church. And anybody who has faith in Messiah is not going to change his original message into something else, which is what has been done. And, but it's not just Christianity. It's all religions that don't have a, a unified avenue that they stick to. It's like if Judaism was truly Judaism, then they would be in strict adherence to the law. And if you claim to be uh, in Judaism, you would be expected to follow that law to the letter of it, that this is what you have to do. But I'm not saying there's not some out there that believe that, but there are others that, that challenge that. And Messiah didn't remove Judaism. Messiah showed us what the pure aspect 
of faith in God and how to live it. And it entails a lot of things of Judaism, but it also entails things of Islam and Hindu and the little bits and pieces of each one are the ones that come together and unify to where those aren't unified, but the, when you're following the truth of each one of those, you're just going back to the reality of what Messiah was teaching when he taught and when he was persecuted and crucified for what he was teaching, because even they saw in Judaism that that was heresy, that blasphemy that you're, you're uh, saying these things and your, your disciples eat without washing their hands and you're uh, visiting with sinners and, but he was just bringing them the godly understanding of what they had. But the problem was what the rock was on top of them. And the proof of them being crushed was they could not answer him because he had the weight of truth on his side. So they couldn't answer him appropriately. So a lot of times they would just go go away when they were trying to trap him because no, you can't do it. But we, so there are many different types of rocks that people try to enter into to be secure. And there's only one, there's only one strong tower that will withstand anything and everything, whatever, if it's rolling down a mountain, it's going to completely uh, destroy everything in its path. If fire comes, it's not going to be able to penetrate the walls. If a flood comes, it's going to be locked in, sealed from the outside so the waters can't get in. The strong tower of God is a unified place that when you have that unity, then you're unified with Christ, you're unified with God, and everybody who claims to have that faith in the way of Messiah, that uh, have circumcision of the heart, must have an agreement and a unification in those things. That, that's, that's a must. Now, with the, with the church of Messiah, uh, even Paul said, well, you have to have some in there who don't know because that's what gives proof to the ones that does know, meaning that the, the, by what they're speaking and what they're living, it shows that they're living and, and uh, working in a greater spiritual life than you can see in those who don't have faith yet those who uh, are seeking but have not uh, completely overcome it to be able to be unified because that unification comes when you're in Christ. And if you're in Christ and I'm in Christ and somebody else is in Christ, we must see the inside of Christ the exact same way. If I'm looking the same direction you are, we are seeing the exact same thing. Now, if our backs are to each other and we're looking opposite directions, well, we're going to see different things until we turn around and then we're going to see what the other person saw. It's a, it's a huge aspect, uh, and Paul spoke about this aspect of the, the unity of faith in Christ and how important it is that when you see divisions in a religion that claims faith in God, then there's a problem. 
there's there's an issue because you can't be the same religion in Judaism if you have Orthodox Jew and unorthodox Jew. We'll just stop at that. Because once you put a division in there, and then we're so far along now, and everybody wants everything to be soft, and we don't want to have to follow the law, and we don't, you know, you don't have to do, you just have to acknowledge that the law is there. And and it's like, no, I want to follow the law of God. There's a reason for the law of God. Yes, it was to lead me to Messiah. And when I found Messiah, then I do what Paul said. I uphold the law, but I uphold it from God's standard, not from man's standard. But if I'm upholding the same law that you're upholding, we will see it from the same perspective. And we won't be saying, no, you're wrong because of this and this and this. And no, we'll be saying, wow, it's the same thing because we're unified. That's the whole concept of understanding and knowing you have the true faith in God. You can't have true faith in God when you have 45,000 different denominations that believe different things. And the reality is, is if you just have two that don't believe the same thing, well, one or the other is wrong or both of them are wrong. There has to be a unified front for it to be of God. And that's really important. But the aspect of the rock is we're under the rock when we're born into this world. And too many times people stay there because it's just too much of a struggle. It's too hard to get on top of the rock. Yeah, but if you don't get on top of the rock, you'll never, you'll be crushed and you'll never see the entrance because the entrance to get in the rock is on the top. And then you get inside that entrance. Don't go back out again. You stay inside of there. Too many people think that you can have too many different faiths, but it has to be only one. God made that clear that it has to be one unified faith. In the aspect that's brought out in the Old Testament, the Lord, the Lord God is Ehad, one. Uh, again, it does mean one as we understand one, but in the Hebrew rendering of it, it also means unified. So it has to be one group completely unified in order for it to be of God. And if there are divisions, you cannot claim that they're all under the same God. You just try to draw parallels to make yourself feel like I'm okay with what I'm doing if I let somebody else be okay with what they're doing. No, we, we our objective goal is follow the teaching of Messiah and Messiah only. And walk through that continually, that's the objective goal because that's where we will be unified. We're not going to soften it. And we live in a day where people don't want faith to be hard. And you you got, you just, uh, you can't make it too difficult. You got to make it easy for them. And no, the, the same God that gave Moses the law on Mount Sinai is the same God in existence today, but people don't acknowledge him as such. The same God, the terror that the people heard 
from Mount Sinai that they cried out not to hear that voice anymore, to that God speak to Moses and let Moses speak to us. We will do everything you said. That type of terror, you don't see that. You'll see that terror in the people who truly fear God because God is a terrorist, but you have to be on God's side. But in this day and age, people don't want to face the fact that God is terror, that, oh, that's not the way it is, and it's going to be okay. God God understands, and we'll talk it out when I get there. It's like, you, you, no, you, you, you don't understand. God is the same yesterday, today, tomorrow, forever. They're not changing. So that means that what stood in the beginning, what law God gave Moses, is what is intended. I'll pull out Judaism because I've been doing some uh, research and looking into Judaism. Well, they have multiple areas that they take their information from. Okay, the writings of Moses, but they also have the uh, Mishnah and the Talmud. Uh, why do you need the Mishnah and the Talmud if you have the writings of Moses? You, you write from the Word of God. And, of course, Messiah spoke about it. Uh, even with what was the scribes had uh, rewritten year after year, Messiah said that, you know, the lying pen of the scribes, which means that they were taking the law of God from the origin of it and changing it all the way down through. And, and Messiah even brought that point up when he was asked about divorce by the Pharisees or I don't know if it was the Pharisees. He was asked about divorce and well, Moses said that we could have a certificate of divorce and Messiah said, yes, it's because the hardness of your hearts. But in the beginning, it was not this way with Adam and Eve. It wasn't an option for divorce. No, this isn't an option, but this is brought into place. How many years later? Because the hardness of your hearts that you don't have it in you in that time to live out what God has commanded for you to live out. So here comes the law. And because your hardness of your heart, look, a whole generation had to die in the desert because of disobedience to God. People don't think that that's the same God that we have today. Let me tell you, folks, wake up. You better wake up and look because the God of today is the God of yesterday and of eternity, and they are unchanging. They do not change like shifting sand to where they're going to be a terror in the uh, beginning, but in the end, they're just going to be also. No, you want the soft side of God? Then you meet God as a terrorist and you respect God as a terrorist. and you prove to God that you want to be on their side. You may not have seen this, but I saw a little short online. Have you seen that short where the boulder rolled down the hill? I think it was in Italy and it went through the house. Have you seen that? I don't know if you've seen that. You haven't. I think it was in Italy and they showed this farm and it had a house sitting on it. And you see this rock on the other side in front of it. But you see all the way through, it, it went right through the house, and it just like, looks like somebody plowed all the way through to where that rock is from this mountain. I mean, it 
catastrophic and nobody was in the house. Nobody got hurt, but it, it gutted that whole house. And it, it made me think when you were talking about the rock, that that's what God is. It's that big rock that if you're under it, everything in its path is just destroyed and gutted. But I had this come to mind where I hadn't seen this in a visual in my mind of like, you have this round rock that you're under and then the door is at the top. So like the door would be like a hatch, like a tank where the door is at the top and it opens and you go down inside. And I thought, the scripture where it says we're hard pressed on every side, but not crushed because when you're a part of the rock, you still have pressure, but the rock doesn't collapse on itself because it's equalized pressure. So when Messiah said, come to me, I'll give you rest that my yoke is easy. My burden is light that the, the ease is, is that you're not under the law. So in me, you walk in the law, which, there's still struggle. So there, so there's still a, a weight, but it's lighter because you're inside the rock as opposed to, you don't carry the weight of the whole, like you don't carry, if you're under the law, then in order for you to get out, you've got to be perfect. Like you have to carry the weight of being perfect and doing everything exactly right. And you can't handle that. So you get in him that now you're a part of it and that you, there's weight around you, but you're not crushed because the pressure is equal on all sides. And that's why it says we're hard pressed on every side, but we're not crushed because we're able to push back to equalize the pressure in the situation. And like you're saying with Judaism, it's just Messiah is the reality of it. it it's he's the, the tabernacle, all these things is a shadow, but the reality is found in Messiah. So in Messiah is where you have the unity where and Messiah is hidden all the treasures of the spiritual blessings and the treasures and, and knowledge and wisdom. So it says that it pleased God to have all the fullness to dwell in him. So where, where you have the fullness of deity living in bodily form is in Messiah. So in Messiah reconciles, like it says that to make the one new man out of the two, that you have the Gentiles that were separate and you have the Jews that were a part of it. It's to bring unity to where there's one, to where we shouldn't be pointing the finger and saying, well, the Jews don't know what they're talking about. And they pointed us, well, you don't know what you're talking about. Well, let's find the reality of this. And the reality is found in Messiah. That's where the truth of this is. So there's bits and pieces, but the way to figure it out, the way to be one is in Messiah. And like you said, if there was unity, then there wouldn't be any denominations. It would just be the church of Messiah. That's it. Now, if somebody's going to go different, then they go different. But yeah, like you said, if there's just one division, it's not unified. Like divorce, that's what divorce is, is getting rid of, you're breaking off the unity of it. And it never said that Moses says, this is right to do, to give you a certificate of divorce. It just, it's one of those where, all right, I'm turning you over to a depraved mind. You don't want to do this then. Okay, well here you're divorced but it's not my will to do that. But if you're going to be separated, hopefully the, the hope is that it'll lead to repentance to where you come back and you can get rid of that, that divorce. But yeah, I mean, you don't see if you went out in the world and, and said, you go to, you could go to each church building and to each person. And there's divisions in the, the um, doctrine, there's divisions between people. There's divisions between the household of that person, divisions between children in the household, 
And it just keeps, you just keep cutting and cutting and cutting to where, how are we reconciled to God? And the word says it in Messiah, be reconciled to God. That's the only way to be reconciled to God. It's not by you do this work or this. No, it's faith in Messiah is in him is where you have the fullness to where we're one in him. But if you don't follow that, then like with Judaism, it could vary because of tradition and programming and the brainwashing and the cognitive dissonance. Well, just like, well, we go by Moses. Okay. You go by Moses, but Moses talks about Messiah in his writings. So why are you ignoring that? Well, we think this or, yeah, but it says, it it says clearly that my servant is going to come and the one that doesn't listen to him, it's not going to go well. So you just, who's the servant? Well, he's just, yet to come. And I'm just like making this up, but well, but what about all the evidence that points to all the prophecies being fulfilled in Messiah? How do you get away from that? And it just, you just have to ignore it and push it away instead of what's the reality. It's right here in front of you. It's, it's written about him. Like he even says, it's written about me in the scroll. So in the old Testament, it's written about me, but you go with what you want to go with. That feels good as opposed to what's the reality of this. Right. And unfortunately for people, uh, cognitive dissonance, because yeah. you're convinced that what you've been taught is true, but it doesn't match up with what comes from the beginning. And what's interesting is, is that in what we're doing, in the faith that we have, and again, uh, I believe that God's got other people that have a unified aspect of this. We have not met them yet, but uh, we will be in agreement on everything that we talk about from a truth perspective of God. We will agree. Here's the thing, okay? We are of the Church of Messiah, and we don't want you to believe us. We don't want you to uh, do what we do. What we want you to do is do what Messiah did. And even farther back than that, we can take it back to Messiah, but we can take it farther back <clears throat> by something that Messiah spoke in the parable of the rich man and Lazarus, that our objective goal is to listen to Moses and the prophets, that listen to Moses and, and the prophets, let them hear them. If you listen to Moses and the prophets and you uh, seek God with all of your heart, which is written within those words, seek me and you will find me when you seek with all of your heart. When you do that, then you will see the glory of God and you will be able to live it. See, we're not just going back to Messiah. Messiah took it all the way back to Moses because Moses was speaking the law and the law, the only difference in the law is the difference between the spirit of the law and the um, letter of the law. Where the letter of the law kills, the spirit of the law saves. Where the, the spirit of the law, Messiah showed the, or was telling the Pharisees that when they were getting on him about his disciples eating with unclean hands, he said it's not the, the dirt on the body that's the problem. It's the dirt inside the body. So cleanse what's inside the body, clean the inside of the glass, and the outside will be clean as well. 
And so they were all worried about what they looked like on the outside. And they had their, their tassels and their phylacteries and all their, uh, the stuff that they, they, well, the law of Moses says you got to have these. Yeah. But you who teach people do not steal, do you steal knowing that they do? You, 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 that they weren't living the law, they were professing it, and they were trying to put on a front that they did. And so we don't even want you to say, oh, look, Sean and Phil, what they're doing, and we're going to follow them. No, no. Follow Moses and the prophets. Listen to them. And if you listen to them and put it into practice, you will seek God when you seek with all of your heart. You will find God. And when you find God, you will find the same God today that Moses found on that mountain that the people were terrified of. And that's where you have to meet that terror of God and decide, you know what? I don't want to be on the side of the, the, the opposite side of the terrorist. I want to be the friend to the terrorist, which means I'm going to do whatever they that I can see is pleasing to them. And just like we talked about with the mafia uh, thing, that you're not just going to go up to the mafia boss and demand what you're going to get. No, you, you have to, uh, you have to get in his good graces first. And you have to do that by showing him that you, you really want to be a part of this family. Okay. Then, we're going to give you some tests and some things to go through and we'll move you up through the ranks as, as seen fit. But the Godfather is the one that's going to make the decision whether you get to be in the family or not. And you can't sit there and argue or fight with it unless you want to try to kill the Godfather and take his spot. And you're not killing God. So, uh, the Godfather, you may be able to kill because he's human. God, you can't. And so it'd be better to see God as the, the terror that they are. Embrace that. Break to that. Hit your rock bottom with it. And find your way on top of that rock to where you get to and then find your way into the rock. Because you get into that rock through that circumcision of the heart. And then... Our objective goal is to live out in the spirit of God, the law of Moses and what the prophets spoke. And that's why we will visit the Old Testament. We will look at the prophets and what they wrote. And we will look at what Moses uh, talked about, what he said, and what was expected, blessings for obedience, curses for disobedience. And we take that to heart because we believe in the same God today that Moses believed in, in his day, because he is that God. They are the same yesterday, today, and forever. And that's an important thing that people need to know and need to recognize and start. If you want to be in the kingdom of God, you better give them the respect that they, uh, that they deserve in order for you to be able to seek them and find a way to be on their good side, not their bad side. But in today's society, you got to get back to Moses and the prophets. 
stop trying to change it so it feels better for other people and we'll make it easy for people to to come into faith. No, no, we're not here to get a whole bunch of people in our church gathering by telling them that, oh, just just have this faith and everything's going to be okay. No, no, because you have this faith, your struggles are going to upgrade, but you have the strength of God to deal with the upgraded struggles, and therefore we take I uh, rejoice and I uh, have joy in the aspect of struggling and suffering that we go through. Very well said, and actually, that's a just thinking. That's a good stopping point. We've covered a lot of good information. Creased or crumpled. And like it says, a church choice to where you're crumpled and then you find your way to be in Messiah where you're creased because you're not always straightened out yet, but you have the opportunity to be that. But um, one thing I'll just reiterate as we leave is that do not, and not that this is intentional or not, but don't look to worship us and not that you'd be looking to worship us, but don't look at it and say, man, this is just profound because I've had this before, man, that's a profound message that, well, it is a profound message, but go to the word of God and search it out and make sure that it lines up with it. And when it does worship God, not us. And even because John, when he was getting his visions, the great visions that he was even to the point of just bowing down to the angel, the angel says, no, don't worship me. I'm just a messenger. You worship God. And that's the same for everybody because it's true that Yah doesn't change like shifting sand. So find the place where you, just like the song says, I think it's Bob Seger, Like a Rock was the, um, or there are several songs like that, Solid as a Rock, which even in the song by Stairway to Heaven, be a rock and not to roll because Yah is that rock that is doesn't move. So Phil, we'll stop for now. And uh, Lord willing, we'll be on the next podcast, next podcast when Yah wants it. And Everybody have a good day, and um, we'll see you on the next one. Thank you for joining us today on Hidden Treasures Revealed. We want to leave you with this thought. The greatest treasure in life, and especially in faith, is discovery. If we try to convince you of things, You may gain head knowledge, but if we let you discover things, you will have heart knowledge to know and understand and be able to give a good answer for the faith that you have. Treasure hunters seek treasure nonstop. Seek the treasure of God through conversation with them and through their word. Ask, seek, and knock. Ask, and you will receive. Seek and you will find, knock, and the door will be opened to you. Seek the hidden treasure of God, and you will be blessed by it.